I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward. That's Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook. And this is, I don't know, the off-season report. The position preview, I don't know. It's brought to you by Buyers Auto. That's really all that matters. We're talking about running backs. It's running back week at Letterman Row. So, Berm, who's going to be the starting running back? When? <laughs> week one. We'll, sh- we'll, we'll, go th- we'll go week by week. Mayan Williams. Okay. Just, just leaving it out there. No explanation needed. Spencer? Um, I'm going to go Marcus Crowley. Well, oh, wow. you guys are really filling this airspace. I love it. So we're off to a great start. Why Mayan Williamsburg? Uh, I just think that you know he has the the experience. Uh, he has the uh, the tape at the end of last year showed really what he's capable of, and he did it against the best competition Ohio State faced all year. The, the games that he got a chance to get in and play, he, he showed some wiggle, he showed burst, he showed that he's a kid that is not going to be afraid of contact. And I think with the young quarterback, especially coming out of the gate here. Their Buckeyes are going to want someone that's just a tough runner that's going to go out there and, and pick up some tough yards. I know Master T can do that as well, but I think that Mayan gives the best uh, uh, ability to do it um, and, and make things happen with his feet. And then I think you'll see the Buckeyes work Trey Henderson uh, into that mix over the first couple of weeks. But I think Mayan and, you know, we were at, um, you know, the camp last Wednesday and there's quarterbacks and wide receivers and only one tailback out there. And it was Mayan Williams. And, he looks the part. I mean, the kid has worked extremely hard to get himself into shape uh, and, and make himself into a Big Ten running back. And I was I was much more bullish on him coming out of high school than a lot of people were. Uh, and I think that he's a kid that just plays with a, a serious chip on his shoulder. And uh, I would imagine that all the talk about Travy Henderson and Evan Pryor and all these other running backs is only just making that grow. And I think, Burn, when you talk about him doing it against the best competition that Ohio State faced, the fact that he wasn't available in the title game would it have tipped it one way or the other probably not the way that that Alabama team was rolling but with Mayan Williams home in Columbus uh, due to the COVID protocol clearly Ohio State was missing somebody with some of that wiggle Marcus Crowley was not fully healthy yet on that knee he was pressed into action in that game we know what some of the ceiling limitations are for Master Teague when you get into those and Master was hurt. I mean, Master wasn't full yeah. speed either. He wasn't able to play in the second half of the Northwestern game. Not that he would have had to the way that Trey Sermon was running, but clearly against Alabama, that, that straight line, straight ahead style of tailback is not going to work. I mean, and it certainly could have made a difference in just keeping the Buckeyes close or, or at least keeping the running game a, a part of the offense. Yeah, um, but I just think he has, definitely. he's more dynamic and he has more versatility than Master Teague. And I think when you're having this conversation about who might get the first carry of the season. I think that's probably what elevates Mayan Williams. You know, he was definitely underrated, I think, uh, by most people as a recruit, and he was viewed as a um, a throw-in, afterthought, whatever you want to call it, after having two previous commits and and decommitments over that summer. It's like, well, I think they got a good one in Mayan Williams, and you just looked at that body type when he was in high school, and maybe it was hard to project how that would work at the next level, but he's – 
He's definitely got more speed than, than people give him credit for. He's not just a bowling ball, meatball, whatever. I mean, he's he is smaller, uh, but he uses that to his advantage. Still very physical, still great upside. And the other part of this, you know, I, I think Marcus Crowley, Spencer, to your point, will be heavily involved as well once you give him uh, another six, seven, eight months to get comfortable with the knee. He talked about how meaningful that would be heading into spring camp that, you know, he he thought he was ready to play in the national title game and then had a conversation with Tony Alford right in the middle and was like, I'm not there yet. I think back all the time to those five, six carries against Maryland in 2019, right before he got hurt. Man, that looked like a guy who could be the starting running back at Ohio State and was really building for something. And the same thing happened with him when he was out, where you wonder when J.K. Dobbins gets hurt against Clemson uh, in the in the Fiesta Bowl, you know, maybe someone with Crowley, the way that he was building would have helped the same way Mayan Williams could have this year. It's it's unfortunate that Ohio State had to deal with that twice in a row at that position, but it's also why having so much depth is important for the Buckeyes in the backfield. Yeah, and you kind of stole my – we're on the same brain, brain wavelength here because I was going to talk about those carries against Maryland and the way he cut and the way he had that that wiggle that we talk about the Ohio State running back needing. And I think that that Alabama appearance – hurt him in a way because it, it could have rattled his confidence and saying like, I'm not ready for this, but I think it also can really help him going into this, going into this summer and trying to prove himself, you know, just like Mayan Williams, here's the noise of these new guys coming in. Marcus Crowley is a guy who was the Florida Gatorade player of the year in a state that is just absolutely loaded with talent. He knows what he's doing when he gets the ball in his hands. He's really shifty, really quick, really athletic. I'm really excited to see what he can do when he gets on the field, when he's finally, back healthy trying to prove himself in this in this deep running back room I just think he, he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder and he can come in and take that starting spot week one I don't think I don't know if he can keep it for the entire season but I think he can make an impact early in the season against Minnesota and Oregon ultimately I think it's going to piss people off because there's a, a contingency of the Ohio State fan base that wants there to be that bell cow running back and I don't know that that's going to happen this year it's certainly not going to happen in the early part of the year as the Buckeyes are trying to sort through the options of, of Mayan Williams and Master Teague and Marcus Crowley Trey Henderson how you get Evan Pryor into the mix how you get Steel Chambers if he's you know still playing running back who knows I mean there's the depth at linebacker and we've talked about that over and over that there's an opportunity for Steel Chambers maybe to get more playing time there um, since the Buckeyes are playing long snappers in the position. So you, you don't know exactly what they're going to do, but you know that they're going to give each of these kids a chance to, to make some plays. And um, there is there is a separator in talent, and I, I've talked about it before, but the difference in the upside in Trey Henderson versus everyone else is just, it's substantial. And so I, I think the Buckeyes are going to want to be deliberate with Trey and making sure that they don't put too much on his shoulders right away. And it's, it's probably beneficial to him that he's not in a situation that J.K. Dobbins was in when J.K. came in in 2017, where he had to be the guy right away. Um, but I think that it's going to be hard to keep Travion Henderson, if he stays healthy, off of the field. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, that's what I wonder about, Byrne, because you think about the way that Tony Alford may have intended to manage J.K. Dobbins early with with Mike Weber being the starter. And then I think it was a hamstring right before that Indiana game. 
Like, okay, well, you got no choice. You got to go do it. And then one of the most impressive freshman debuts that you're ever going to see. And it's like, okay, well, those plans immediately changed. So, you know, can Travion Henderson do that? Those three other guys are probably not all going to get hurt at once where Travion has to go out there and take the first carry of the season. But he's going to get attempts in that first game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And that could be, you talk about a running back by committee, you're looking at probably four guys at least who could or should touch the football out of that backfield for Ohio State in week one. And I, I know I say this all the time, you think back to tight ends week, and I'm like, well, you're not going to throw it to him five times a game because everybody else needs touches. How do you manage that really if you're Tony Alford and you want to get a good feel for what that pecking order should be like? You play, you're going to play a pretty solid defense on the road in a Big Ten game, and you got Oregon in week two, which we know what kind of talent uh, they will have on that side of the football coming back this year. Mario Cristobal has really upgraded that side for them. But uh, that's I don't think that's going to be easy. And Teague no, I- also complicates it because he's a veteran presence who scored a lot of touchdowns in Scarlet and Gray. But everyone in this program has seen there's probably not a lot more room for him to grow beyond what he's already given. So do you want someone who has that most experience to lead the unit? Or are you ready to hand it off to these other three? Yeah, I think that's such an interesting part of what's coming because, again, this is different. This is a different conversation probably if Justin Fields was the quarterback opening the season and playing against Oregon, right? I mean, you may be able to take a few more risks and and play the younger guys. But what you're going to do, I think, for Ohio State is let kids determine if they're going to play themselves out of playing time, putting the ball on the deck, not going hard in practice, not being able to, you know, pass protect. These little parts of the game that are different than just carrying the football are going to ultimately separate who's going to be on the field in crunch time and who's not. And, you know, for young kids, especially young running backs, it is one of the biggest adjustments is understanding in high school, Travion Henderson doesn't get touched, you know, in college, he's going to get hit. And how do you hold on to the football? How do you, how do you make sure you don't, uh, you know, cost your team possessions? And those are the types of things that are really going to separate people. And, and Trey Henderson, we've talked to a number of people this spring. Everyone raved about the kid, but everyone is also expecting there to be that wall that kids hit in the summer when they have enrolled early and they're finally starting to, everything's sort of catching up. Um, and, and now you got to see if he can plow through that and play through. J.K. Dobbins was able to do so. But again, J.K. Dobbins only had a, a 75% healthy Mike Weber that he was competing against. And that's why Tony Alford is one of the you know country's premier running back coaches. You got to balance it, but you also need to make sure that kids prove that they belong on the field, not just star rankings. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why we, I've already predicted Marcus Crowley. You picked mine, Williams. It won't surprise me if Master Teague starts the first couple drives against Minnesota because it's on the road. It's the first game for a new quarterback. You got new offensive linemen, and then you've got this steady hand. You know exactly what you're going to get from Master Teague at running back, and the other guys are going to have to prove themselves in the time that, that they get on the field. But you just wonder if if that's the way Ohio State's going to approach this. It, it's an interesting. Uh, dynamic in the room right now because those first two games are not Akron, Buffalo, you know, and Youngstown State. It's at Minnesota against Oregon, and you you don't want the mistakes to come then because you know that could cost you your your entire season. But at the same time, you don't want to limit your offense and what you can do because you have that known commodity with that proven ceiling in Master Teague. So it just it's interesting to see how they're going to handle all of this come fall. Yeah, I get. For, I, I don't want anyone to ever listen to this or watch this and think that we are saying Master Teague hasn't done great things for Ohio State or been a great player, or, you know, a teammate. 
But, you know, t- teams like Minnesota, he's been able to run all over in his career at Ohio State. So you, you maybe you do put him out there. But I think that ultimately what we've seen out of Master Teague and what Austin said is the ceiling has been reached. I don't know that there's really much more he can do as far as changing his running style. And in those games against the really twitchy athletic defenses, the Buckeyes need something a little different. They need someone that's a bit more dynamic. Um, and, and so maybe you go out with Minnesota and you and you let Master get the bulk of those carries because you know what he, he is a proven commodity in those games. Uh, but what that means for Oregon, what that means for Penn State, and what that means for Michigan down the road, it, it changes. When I think that they're in an awkward position with that, with the way that the schedule is set up, because there's, as you said, there is evidence that Master T can can rack up some yards against teams in the Big Ten, some of the lesser competition. Um, you know, you know, you can do that. But if you're trying to get ready, obviously you have to win that game. I'm not taking Minnesota for granted. I already said that could be tough. Go on the road. Um, you know, a team that's going to play hard and have a lot to prove in prime time. You know, all that stuff being said, Oregon's a much stiffer challenge. And so if you think, if you're Ohio State, you're Tony Alford, you're Ryan Day, how do you get ready for that game? Who needs to have, you know, the, the 20 to 30 touches out of, coming out of the backfield to win a game that, that should be much more competitive and into the fourth quarter? You, you need to find out what Travion Henderson is going to be able to do. You need to see if Marcus Crowley is back to what he was in November of 2019. You need to know. I mean, the, the way that we talk about Mayan Williams, it's like it, he already showed and, and proved to everybody what he can do. Well, we're talking about like five carries. Yeah. I mean, a very small sample size, which was exciting and definitely encouraging about his future, but by no means making him a, a guarantee or a finished product. So, you know, that's I think there's there's such a difficult uh, balancing act that Ohio State's going to have to do, because as you said, you want to you want to stand on the goal line against Master Teague, you're going to lose. He's he can be one of the best short yardage running backs in the in the country, and I don't mean that as a slight. It's not a limit. He, we know he's also really fast. Ohio State sometimes you get a peek into those testing numbers. He's one of the fastest players on the roster. You get him going straight away, or stand against him in the goal line. He's going to win some of those matchups. He's going to run over you, or he's going to run away from you. The problem is cutting. Uh, Diagonally, sometimes it's been quick decision making, uh, lateral movement. I mean, it's like it's like trying to turn a bus. It's not going to happen uh, quickly for him. So there's certainly a role for him to play. And of course, he's got great leadership and one of the hardest workers. But in terms of making Ohio State a national title contender, the last two years have already showed that's probably not going to happen with him. Yeah, I, I think you have to be realistic about it. And our job is obviously to be uh, objective and and. Again, Master Teague has been a, a great leader on that football team, and he's going to perhaps his most important role this year is making sure that he stays a good, a great leader and understanding his role in mentoring Travion Henderson, his role in mentoring Mayan Williams and keeping Mayan Williams, who came into Ohio State. You know, when, when we saw Mayan Williams, you remember the day we saw him on his official visit for the uh, Ohio State Penn State game in 2019, and he was about 245, 250 pounds. And, and uh, all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I don't know if this kid is going to be able to take care of himself to, to be a Big Ten running back. And you've seen that he's able to do that to this point. And now you got someone like Master T who works tirelessly on making sure he's, his body is ready, despite the the injury to the Achilles and all those things. And he, he's been a, a freak at Ohio State as far as his leadership. And that's maybe his most important role as he heads into the senior year, because talent-wise, he probably has been passed up. And that's totally okay. And, and I think that – I hope people don't hear that and think that, you know, we're putting the kid down because he's a great – 
great leader and exactly what you want out of a college football teammate. But if Ohio State's job is to win the national championship this year, and that's their goal every year, we, we know that that may not be his, uh, his path. Yeah, and he can get you to that stage. He can. He's shown that he can win you a Big Ten championship and get you there. Once you get there, you've got to have another gear. You've got to be able to to get that extra yardage against Clemson like Trey Sermon did last year when it's third and 10 when they're way backed up and he gets, you know, 11 yards when it's fourth and four and you need five yards and you hand the ball off. you got to be able to get there against those twitchy defenses, like you said, Berm. Only James Franklin is handing the ball off on fourth and five, just as a reminder. (laughs) But he can, I agree, but he can get you there. He just, can he finish that job? And I don't know if he can. And so that's why the, this is <laughs> this is such an interesting dynamic in this running back room because you've got multiple guys. All six of these guys can get you to the college football playoff. Who can win it? That's the question. I still think that Steel, Cham- Steel Chambers helping Ohio State get to the playoff would probably best be suited at linebacker. Uh, it's, when we talk about all these guys and balancing between four carries and and burn brought up Evan Pryor, you know, that's going to have to be, you know, some limited packages, but Ohio state will want him to touch the football with his, you know, sort of dynamic skill set, whether that's in the slot or some of the H pivot kind of stuff from the, to go way back, you know, we'll see exactly how that plays out. Yeah. I think you could see Evan Pryor sort of fill the niche that Curtis Samuel filled when he was in his freshman and uh, early part of his sophomore year. You, you want to get that kid the ball. And I don't like to use the cliche stuff in space, but you want to get him, you want to get him the ball when he's moving forward and let him run. He, he's a, you know, a, a burner. He's a home run hitter. And ultimately guys, I mean, Ohio state's offense, despite what we've seen the last three years because of Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields, the Buckeyes want to be a running team. They want to be, they want to be a successful run first offense. And it's more important than ever because there is no Dwayne Haskins. There is no Justin Fields. And we have unproven commodities at quarterback with CJ Stroud, Colin McCord, Jack Miller, and Tony Alford's going to earn his money. He is. He's got a lot to do heading into August. There's still a lot of work to be done in this offseason. We're going to keep breaking down these positions for Ohio State all summer long until we get back to business with training camp. He's Burnham. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Austin Ward. If you're buying a new or used car in Central Ohio, you got to go to Buyer's Auto. Uh, they sponsor all of this for us, whether that's uh, whatever we're going to call it, the offseason report or practice previews i don't know whatever it's it's brought to you by buyers auto we'll be back next week with another position stay tuned for full uh, ohio state coverage all year long at lettermanrow.com